evening. Glad that you're with us. I'm David Fisk, also one of the pastors at Intel. Thank you. And we are continuing in our um, Flawed Follower series. I always love the Kintsugi. Um, if you don't know what that is, you should look it up. Google it. And uh, we're continuing in this series, and I wanted to uh, start by asking a question. And the question is, why did Jesus have to die? Why did Jesus have to die? Well, I'm going to answer your question with another question, my question. And my question is, what do Fredo, Hans, Robert the Bruce, Kevin, the reporter in 27 Dresses, and Scar all have in common? They're betrayers, right? They're betrayers, and we hate them. You hate it when Hans doesn't kiss Anna and he lets her die, right? Like, you hate it when you see Scar trick Simba and all that. I mean, you, we hate them, right? I mean, if, if Scar is your favorite person from that movie, like, I think you and I need to talk afterward, okay? You know, like, like these are betrayers. We hate them. When we watch them do that to us, it's such a serious thing. And I don't know if you pick up on it or not, but Jesus was called a betrayer in our passage. Jesus was called a betrayer in our passage. Look at verse 19. It says, Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Now, what they would have done back then is they would have taken a sign and they would have written the crime that that person did and they would have posted it on the cross with the person. And so that's what Pilate has done here. And notice in the next verse, it says, many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. Right? Like, it's written in three languages up there. It was like, hey, everybody, we want you to know what's going on. This guy thinks he's the king of the Jews, right? Latin, I'm sorry, uh, Aramaic would have been the official language of the Jews. Latin would have been the official language of the Roman Empire. And Greek would have been the, kind of the international to the outskirts of the Roman Empire, its official language. So it's like, hey, I'm what? everyone to make sure we understand what's happening. This guy thinks he's the king of Jews. He thinks he's a king. And so Pilate is kind of forced into this situation where in the Roman Empire, if you claim to be king or messiah, you have to be executed. That is a executable uh, action. And then you see in verse 21 how the religious and the moralistic, like the church people, are responding. They're going, no, 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 no. Don't write king of the Jews. Write, he said he was king of the Jews. He's not really. He's betraying Yahweh. You know, and Pilate's like, yeah, you're kind of betraying the Roman Empire, you know. So Jesus is, getting, is, is deemed a betrayer in both of these groups of people. And he's judged, and he's judged wrongly. 
and he's judged to execution. And you know how they executed, executed people back then? The Roman Empire? Guillotine. Unless you really wanted to humiliate someone. Unless you really wanted to shame somebody and make an example of them. That's what they do to Jesus. He's judged. He's judged wrongly. And he's executed. And what stood out to me is, like, Jesus is taking punishment from humanity. Jesus is taking punishment from humanity, right? Like, this is the most antithetical situation in the entire world. Like, it's the most backwards and reversed and messed up. And, like, the Savior came to save we should be glorifying him and honoring him and praising him. And yet, what does humanity do? They punish him and kill him. They punish him and kill him. And they think that they've killed this betrayer. But Pilate's words were true, just in a way that the Jewish people didn't know yet. Pilate's, Pilate's words on 21. I'm sorry, when he, in, in um, 19, when he says, when he writes, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And you see how the chief priests and the uh, Jews are yelling at Pilate, like, change the sign, change the sign. And you know, I, I love his response. He's like, I've written what I've written. So <laughs> that's it. But, what ha but what's going on here is, like, it's actually true because... Jesus does take the punishment for humanity. See, by taking the punishment from humanity, he's taking the punishment for humanity. And you might say, well, who's he, who is he saving, right? Like, he's taking this punishment for humanity. Who are, who are the people that he's trying to save? Who are the people... Well, you might say, oh, you know, the, the do-gooders who are really active in their community. Nope. The rule followers, you know, who serve a lot. Nope. Let's take it down a notch. Um, people who aren't that bad, kind of on the fence. Nope. Um, how about the stranger? Nope. You got to keep going down further. Because Paul, in Romans 5, says that Jesus came to save and reconcile his enemies. Did you hear that? His enemies. And I know you're thinking, are you calling me an enemy of Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see, we do that, and we, it's because we minimize our sin. We take our sin, and we diminish the severity of it. It's not that big a deal. You know, we justify what we've done or, you know, blame it on other person. We do that with our sin, and when we're doing that, we are giving our allegiance to someone else or something else other than Jesus. And that's betrayal. Sin is betrayal. It's betraying our king. It's betraying Jesus. Dr. Jay Scalar was one of my professors, and he wrote 
this. He wrote, we are tempted to think of sin as breaking a rule. The Bible speaks of sin as betraying a relationship. The relationship can be with God, his world, or those in his image, but it is always an act of betrayal. And what's happening here is he's not, I mean, they're not just betraying a man, right? They're, they're betraying and punishing and killing, crucifying Jesus, the divine, the Messiah, our Savior, our King. And the King had come to save his people, and it shows us our need for Jesus, because the truth is, we are Scar and Fredo and Robert the Bruce and Kevin from 27 Dresses. Like, we are that. We betray Jesus when we sin. But it's in the crucifixion that you see how far Jesus is willing to go to reconcile us and repair the relationship with us. You see in the crucifixion how much Jesus loves his creation. You see in the crucifixion the king's desire for enemies to experience forgiveness and love and healing and restoration. It's in the crucifixion that we see this empathetic movement to a broken and suffering world. It's, in the it's on the crucifixion that shows us how Jesus pours out his life so that we might have it instead, right? And so by taking this punishment from humanity, he's actually taking punishment for humanity. And he pays this punishment of betrayal by dying so that we don't have to. And, you know, you can kind of say that, like, really simply, like, oh, yeah, he died for me, and so I don't have to. Like, no big deal. Like, no, this is a big deal. This is someone giving up their life for their enemies, for people who betray him. That's who he gives his life up for. Right? I mean, why did Jesus have to die? He didn't. He didn't, but he wanted to. See, in Hebrews 12, it talks about what? For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He willingly went to the cross. He willingly died for you. Why? Because of his divine generosity, his divine kindness, his divine grace, his divine love, his divine mercy, that he would take the punishment that you and I deserve because of your betrayals to him and to my betrayals to him. And that shows us why we need him and why we would celebrate the Lord's Supper and how we're thankful that Friday is not the end of the story. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we want to praise you and thank you for who you are to us. 
And Lord, sometimes if we've heard over and over, Jesus has died for us, for our sins, it can become kind of nonchalant and apathetic and dry. So I pray, Lord, that if it feels that way for us, that you would make it alive and big and something that we would want to honor you and give our lives for you. Would you make Jesus appealing to everyone, maybe who have never considered following him or putting their faith in him? Encourage us, help us, feed us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.